Their goal is to bring you a podcast that sounds more like everyone else. What are we talking about again? Then anyone else. We need to accept the fact that we are like every other podcast. Yeah, we want to be special, but we're not quite there yet. It's the Zenial Odyssey Podcast with Remy and Bobby Rocks. That's going to be the theme uh, of today's shows, guys. So, so if anybody gets that reference, that's what we're talking about on this episode today, everybody. We're talking about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Now, when we did the episode about how TV changed in our young adulthood, we did talk about how HBO changed the game and Basic Cable was the first the first wave that kind of Step. yeah, stepped up and answered to it. Like Fox created FX and in the mid-2000s, they took a chance on a TV show that was pitched to them by Glenn Howerton, Glenn Howerton Rob McElhaney, McElhaney, Charlie Day, and Charlie Day. And that show was It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I'll tell you, man, the pilot isn't that funny. No, no. And so I don't jumping, know how they got the show. Jumping off point is uh, for anyone who doesn't know, they have it's the always It's Always Sunny podcast. Well, wait, wait, which wait. Is, and I just want to say because they right. they go because they they actually are talking about. What they do, here's the format. They watch the episodes and they start at season one moving on. And then they talk about behind the scenes things and they talk about their impressions of it. And they agree with you, Rem. They agree with you that it's like, oh my goodness, this is terrible. Like, <laughs> cringeworthy. They even use the words crin- crin- cringeworthy. But, they, but FX saw something and it developed into probably one of the, not probably, one of the greatest sitcoms ever. Yeah. Uh, I know in the television episode... We talked about the freedoms that premium cable networks had in character development. Wait, I'm gonna no, but you keep doing that. I'm gonna forget to say this. Listen, guys. Um, the first thing we have to say is it's a very polarizing show. We're gonna be talking about some fucked up shit. Okay, I just need you guys to know that the beauty of it's always sunny is that they don't give a fuck. Yeah, and as long as you realize it's satire, then it it should soften the blow. Some people are still so yeah, self righteous. Some people, people are fucking stupid. So what do you want? I'll say it. I don't care. But back to back to the thing. So I believe they uh, they met because they were all trying to get. They were all like auditioning for the same TV shows. Yeah. And let's just make our own. Yeah, yeah. And basically, I think Charlie Day and Glenn Howerton mm-hmm. were interviewing for uh, that 80s show. Glenn Howerton got it. And Glenn Howerton got it, and Charlie Day didn't. And then on their podcast, they talk about like how they were hanging out together, and their agents called them. About, <laughs> and that's like it's that's pretty funny. But they're I, genuine friends. But uh, Charlie Day had met Rob before in New York, and they had done things there. And Rob initially saw his career kind of like as an actor, wasn't really going anywhere, and so he just wanted to write. Yeah. And then Charlie Day and and one of his friends were doing shorts and Glenn and Rob, they all kind of met up in New York when they were doing certain things. And then they met up in L.A. too. And so Rob kind of pitched to them that he wanted to write. And then they they were all sitting around watching these shorts that Charlie Day and his friend did. And they thought it was hilarious. And and that was the premise for It's Always Sunny's format. Just inane shit. Yeah. And that is how mind blowing is that? That Rob never envisioned being Matt. He never envisioned being like on on screen. Well, don't forget even um, what's her face, Sweet D 
was a different actress. Like there Kate was Caitlin Olson. Yeah. yeah, it was close to not being the show that it was. I know. And don't forget too, guys. Like people forget this. Listen, Danny DeVito had nothing to do with the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we're gonna go into that because right. of, and then we'll spend a segment on just some of the highlights about that show and the greatness of that. But the irreverence, of the th- inventions. But I did want to lay the foundation of just kind of where it started. Speaking of Danny DeVito, I mean, they even admit that uh, their ratings were atrocious in that first season, and FX still wanted to take a chance with them and said, well, maybe if you bring on a bigger name person. And so do you know who the first person that they wanted on there was to play uh, Frank? No. Ray Liotta. Uh, moment of silence. I know. Moment of silence for Ray Liotta. May he rest in peace. You know, it's fucked up, but as soon as you said it, I can see it. Yep. Now, DeVito kills it. God bless I you. I, I couldn't know. see um, Ray Liotta slipping naked out of a couch. <laughs> so, so you know what? Fate intervened, but I could yeah. see him as like a cranky, scary dude. But you know what? Frank isn't scary, and he's unstable, but Ray would have been scary as Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Like so, the sleeping with Charlie thing wouldn't be as cute. And, and originally, Danny DeVito said he could only commit to them for recording purposes for 20 days. And then... It was magic. And, and yeah, and then after he realized like these guys, and, and he worked with them, he was like, oh, okay. So then he committed more. But yeah, magically, oh, shockingly, Danny DeVito, the Danny DeVito effect and what that did for the show. Dude, thank you, Danny DeVito. Frank Reynolds. Yes. And I you. just started blasting. Yeah, I know. Anyway, I just started <laughs> blasting. Yeah. yeah, we could go on and on. But I think we can take we can take a break. Maybe I'll find some music that is paying homage to It's Always Sunny because that's one of my favorite yeah, things. Do the night. Play the night, man. Yeah. Obviously. So for anyone who doesn't know, like that's one of the great things about that show is that the music. The music is just because it's... Because it, Charlie's a genius it's with not, that shit. It's not like... Like like the opening music and the segue music, like that classic has, sitcom, it has nothing to do with like what you're about to witness. No, they said they did that on purpose yeah. too. It's just the idea of like a classic, like those '70s sitcoms that had no lyrics. And it puts a smile on my face when I hear it. It's similar to um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. When I hear that music, it puts a smile on my yeah, face. Yeah, I agree. Because I know that <laughs> I know what greatness is coming. But yeah, it's a good jump off point. We'll listen to some music and then we'll come back and we'll just build off this foundation. We're we gonna built. make a milk steak too. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. obviously, yeah. Or, or rum ham. But I don't think we have enough ingredients for no matter what here. it's going to be served with limoncello yeah, that's all you know so until we come back everybody welcome welcome for joining us on the odyssey it's always sunny on the zillennial podcast
Welcome back, everybody. All right, let's pick up where we left off. Okay, so they get Danny DeVito. They start <laughs> They start to build on Dee's character because she really was a, by their own admission, she's a reactionary character. Yeah. But, but then they started to build like what she was going to be. You know what I mean? They started to build. Sorry, I saw people get scared. It's fine. It's fine. It's family. <laughs> Family. I figured okay. your family was All right. at your house. All right. Um, yeah, no, and the D dynamic, watching that evolve, you know, has been remarkable because she's kind of like, I hate to say it, but I think that they thought initially they just wanted a token female. Yep. <laughs> Sweet, the, the, obviously, what's her name? Denise. Or no, her real name or yeah. Sweet D? Her real name. Denise. Ren- oh, Caitlin Olsen? <laughs> I know what her sweet Denise. Caitlin Olsen, yeah. Okay, Caitlin Olsen she, plays Denise Reynolds, also known as Sweet Denise. She just injects so much personality. I mean, some of my favorite moments on the show are with her, like the moment when her and Charlie are all roided out at the table <laughs> eating, yeah. kills me. Yeah. Um, when she ran into that van and like legitimately broke the side of the van, <laughs> she, the car, because she hit it so far hard with her head. Like... She commits. She's a physical comedian, and she brings such a nice dynamic. Yes. Yes, she does. And what I love is that as the show itself has progressed, uh, the character development, has got, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Phenomenal, yeah. Letting... We got to talk about letting Mac become. Yeah, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about that because that season, I think that's season thirteen. Yeah, Mac finds his pride. The closer for season thirteen. Is that the dance? Yeah, bro, it's one of yeah. those powerful. And Frank Reynolds is like. I get it. Yeah. I don't care what people th- thinking about It's Always Sunny as far as all that. That episode up there just period. It upped them. It upped them. So did um the second beer challenge on the plane. <laughs> that that one did too. Though those two those two episodes just it showed Well, no, let's like, be damn. honest too. The black the black musical. What does it mean? Yeah. What yeah. does it mean? Yeah. No, but let's the go okay. The, when Matt came out and Frank's watching the dance, bro, the show literally is like you thought we were doing one thing. Yep. And we're not doing it. Yep. And we're treating this character with gravitas. We're going to make this one of the most beautiful coming out in all of television it was set to Rose. Yeah. Of, Va- Varu. Oh, bro. Varu, whole- it's beautiful. Beautiful song. Dude, it's like I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. So everyone thought like this is this show's just wrong and twisted. Yep. It's like, how about we make you cry? How about we make this character who we made gay as a punchline? Why don't we not make it a punchline yep. anymore? And how about we just make it so all the characters accept it? So everybody, so I want to give everyone some background. If you don't really know it that well, this was Mac for the whole show. He was the bouncer for, and he was like the ultimate bro, ripping his sleeves. And up. yeah, and he wanted to compete with the. Uh, he wanted to compete with Dennis he for like the women, be, but he wanted he really wanted to get He wanted Dennis. to be Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse. Yeah, 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 exactly. So then he starts to progress and he starts to kind of feel himself more. And then he ultimately comes out. Slowly, uh, very, very, Amazingly very, very slowly. slowly. Like we knew early on because he's like, yeah, I sucked that guy off. And you're like, wait, what? And then they don't mention it again. But he starts, like you said, it's this gradual thing where like, what I love about it is you think this group's ignorant and they're like, they're like trying to encourage him just yeah, being yeah. gay. They're the ones kind of being like, Mac, like you're dude, gay. you're super gay. You're, you're gay. And we, we want you to know it's, we're cool with it. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. really handle attacked. Yeah. And so by uh, the final, by Mac finds his pride that final episode of uh season 13 13. i want to give everyone kind of so i've given you the background on mac though so in this episode the underlying theme is that he really doesn't feel comfortable with who he is so he's he's still trying to find who he is and then you have the gang trying to get in the gay parade the gay pride parade of philadelphia and they're just trying to exploit him at that point and then you have frank who's having side conversations with mac and he's telling him he's never gotten him and that's why they don't they don't really connect fully yeah they don't connect and then he tries to help him go to tell his dad who's in prison that he's gay 
and he can't he can't find the way to do it. So then he his dad gets out of it that he got a girl pregnant. So then it gets totally inverted. Yeah. So yeah. then Frank's like trying to help him impregnate a woman, and then he and then he has second thoughts, and then he goes to his he goes to his apartment, and he sees a woman walking out, and then he's just like, "Oh, what are you doing?" Like all this stuff, and so finally it culminates with them going to see his dad in prison, and they get all like the prison together, and they're sitting there as an audience, and Frank is in the audience, and Mac puts on this performance. Ooh, it's beautiful. Seto Sigaros, beautiful band. If you, if you everyone should check out Sigaros. They have their own language, but essentially what. He he, what it is is it's a set to like artistic dance that he's not comfortable being an openly gay man and it's the cross he has to bear because yeah. he's also a very religious person too religious yeah which, yeah which obviously um contradicts the and the um the dancer the female dancer is the representation of who he really is yeah yeah and they're sitting there trying to like let him know it's fine it's all it's all good they're like back and forth and then at one point there's a break in the performance where he turns to his father and he's like he's looking for approval and his father just stands up walks out doesn't say anything he's devastated and then the dancer comes over and they're standing over him and it's almost like a is are they going to is this like the internal him going to destroy Enjoy him himself yeah and no they pick him up and they embrace him and it's like a it's it basically beautiful. letting him know like no it's okay and it's basically his internal self embracing his external like and it's like a real it's like a what a 7 minute dance yeah. or something crazy yeah it's and beautiful though and the the beautiful thing about it is is literally at the end the female dancer is embracing him, saying, it's okay, whispering, it's okay. And then it, it zooms in. It zooms in on Frank's face, and Frank is, like, crying. Crying. He's, like, he's crying, and he says, and he says, look at I, that I get it. And he says, I get it. Like, they frame it I close, it. and he's, like, yeah. whispering it to himself, and he's watching with these wide, teary eyes. And, yeah, I'm covering goosebumps right yep. now. Like, And that's what the show does now and then, yep. is you think yep. you're getting a show, and it's like, listen, man, we're dealing with Charlie's abuse. What about Charlie's abuse? Yep. Yo, yeah, 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 yeah. Bro, like, yeah, yeah it's a punchline, but like, it's not. Because this whole thing is about oh, yeah. being like, this is not okay. Yeah, and okay, can we be, my favorite episode is The Nightman Cometh. And that's about. Same it's, thing. It's a it's, musical number it's, about. It's like his Uncle Jack coming into his room at night molesting and like molesting him. him. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, do you understand right there? It's like another character that they help come to grips with their trauma through dance and yep. music. Like, bro, I, I I hate that some people are like, oh, that show's just too, like, mean. No. No, here's the thing it's dumb. Yeah. And it admits that it's dumb, but then those moments when it hits, hard dude it hits hard they yeah. don't do it often but when they do it man you will be in tears the way and yeah they they address taboo subjects and they do it in a way that's just it's dumpster baby yeah it's so it's so fantastic they have so many characters by the way did you know who was originally supposed to so his name wasn't mac his his original name was rob that character yeah do you know who was supposed to play him no cricket oh cricket is cricket. cricket yeah you want to talk about just the progression of someone like from the opposite angle, they're crazy. Oh man, like yeah. like, but they obviously had that arc in mind for him, which is crazy. What about the 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 McPoyles are my favorite? Oh, hands yeah. down, <laughs> hands down. When he yells, yeah, yeah. when he does like yeah. screaming, you see the bloopers. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> and you see the bloopers, yeah. dude. And they can't stand scenes with him. Yeah, him and so um, good. yeah, him, rickety cricket. My favorite outtakes, by the way, are the cricket. My favorite, without a doubt. My favorite one is when they're trying to uh, the red crayon. That's my no, favorite. The th dog a, dick. Yeah, that's that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they're taking me. I'm going with them. <laughs> like, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I've tried to find that. There's YouTube dicks, dog dicks everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but my favorite is when they're trying to uh, their crazy friend comes, and, and they're, they're trying, trying to, to make him crazy. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. They're trying to make him crazy again. Crazy. 
Crazy Eddie or crazy? No. <laughs> they talk about it the whole time. Oh, he's like the craziest, but he's just the only one that's grown up. Yeah. Yeah. And so they get Cricket to be a priest and basically go into the bathroom and speak to him through a glory <laughs> hole. But the whole lead up to it is like, it's just like, all right, you're going to speak a lot of Latin to him. He's like, yeah, that's right. I'll fake it. And they're like, you don't know your Latin anymore. And he's just like, listen, 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 fellas, I can sell anything. Okay. Do you know how many times I had to sell things on the street? Do you know how many See times I had to fake orgasms? When he's sucking lemons, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, See, now we, we got to make sure this doesn't just derail into two fanboys know, making references. Um, okay. So the point is, is like the thing that makes It's Always Sunny so remarkable, I think, and the reason we wanted to talk about it so extensively is because it shouldn't exist in the modern landscape of cancelizations no. and um, things being seen as like in a because here's the thing nothing is safe on that show and that's what makes it work though and it's also and I think rightfully so it's a reflection of us oh a, a society on its yeah. way down yeah yeah it's a it's a it, it's trying to say hey this is all of us what about We're just taking it over the top what about Dennis as totally slowly being outed as a serial, Justin Bateman, yeah, yeah, yeah. from uh, I mean, whatever Bateman, Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Oh yeah, the the um the the In- high school reunion, bro. It's just it's tools. I need my tools. I need tools. You've seen that blooper too. They all died at oh, that yeah. scene. Yeah. Um, but the implication just system, shit. <laughs> dude. The implication or the Dennis method. That's that's what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. bro. Yeah. We put it this way: we have a friend who's like I Dennis. Just, I'll tell you after, but he's like, I dentist systemed my wife. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, don't say that out loud. Yeah, I know. It's messed up. But, <laughs> but, but here's the thing is like, so see, I can't really. Can we, talk about, can we talk about what the basic premise of an episode is? Yeah, please. Okay. So the basic premise of a, of a typical, it's always. The sunny. gang. Yeah. It's not just the gang, but even like the, the bit characters, like somebody is trying to do something. And then they all kind of get along with it. And then they don't like it because they're all narcissists. And then they just turn it into the... Or they get bored with it. Yeah. 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 They they get bored with it. They make it their own thing. And they just completely destroy what it is. For example, the Kitten Mittens episode. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like Charlie decides, hey, I want to make... I want to make... Kitten mittens for cats. Yeah, and then the, the rest of the gang just like you know they they, they, they try the to jump on it. Yeah, or they, or they try to replicate it with like the what was it the gunshots? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I did an article that was all the inventions of it's always sunny. Yeah, that's its own thing. Once every couple of seasons, they throw something at you. Fight milk. Just and that had real MMA guys in it. The show. UFC. Well, that's the thing. The show is. <laughs> I just love that they iconic. they loved it so much because it helped them cut weight. <laughs> they didn't like it because they thought it was good. Yeah, it just made them. them shit and cut weight for fights. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's a show that shouldn't have the right to exist and be as politically incorrect as it is. But no one stops it, and that's what makes it honestly such a work of art. Yes, I you agree, know. I agree with that. And, and and the thing is, you can't take away. It's really hard to pick a favorite because everybody gets their emphasis moments. Everybody like, gets their moment where they're. Or what about the fact that Charlie, his real wife in real life, the waitress? Yeah, he yeah. plays it like he just pines for her endlessly. Yep. She pines for his best friend. Like yep. it's nuts. Because that's a real dynamic. But then how about he finally gets the waitress and he's like, eh. Eh. <laughs> like he's been spending 10 seasons trying to get her. And then he's like, eh. what about the scene, the season where he had Ale- Alexandra Diodario like genuinely into him? Remember, yeah. they thought they were getting ployed. Yeah. And he like blew it with one of the most beautiful women. On and her. he actually just was using her to get, <laughs> to, get to, get the to the waitress. But I think that's funny because yeah. at the end of the day, they go home together. Like, but the whole dynamic on the show is that he worships yeah. her. Yeah, I know. And and that's one of my favorites, too, is that he created the Nightman Cometh just to marry, just to, just to marry the waitress. Everything in the first five seasons is for her. Yeah. It's just like, and he's got that whole part where he didn't tell everybody about he's coming down in the yellow suit with the sun. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> won't you come on stage and join me? <laughs> Anything called matrimony. Like, come on. Like, 
And Charlie, the truth is, like, the, he's really a musician and improvs a ton of that shit. Yep. They just, like, a lot of the stuff you think he's improv in the episode, he's really improv in front of the cast. How about the fact that I think a lot of people, the first time they watched it through, didn't really, didn't realize they were really setting the stage for the Nightman coming. Oh, yeah. You know, like, when he's, like, doing his, like, Bob Dylan kind of, Nightman, sneaky clean. <laughs> and then they're just like, they're like, like, Max, like, I love the music, but I really have to talk about the lyrics. Like, because it basically sounds like a guy's coming in and ripping you. Well, that's the, but, but here, again, it's a trauma for Charlie, and he works through it, which yep. is so interesting, you know? But yet, the, but he can never get the uncle out of his life, which is terrible. with <laughs> it's Jack Kelly. Because his mom is just, I'm sorry, man. Like, his mom, in my opinion, is not an inaccurate rep- representation of boomer moms at all. No, it's pretty accurate. They'll have you sleep over the weird uncles and you'll be like, he's weird. And they're like, he's just colorful. I know for me, the one that when I knew it was one of the funniest shows ever was definitely the steroid episode. <laughs> yeah. Like I liked it up to that point, but I yeah. remember being in tears and they're like raging while they're eating. Yeah. But you know, they're, they're remarkable. I hope they know. How do I put this? It's, it hasn't gotten bad. And I wouldn't expect it to, but I hope they can avoid that. So one thing, it's a good thing you brought that up, Rem, because on their podcast, yeah. one thing that they talked about is um, they have this woman, Megan, who produces the podcast, but she also helps she helps them out with the show itself. Yeah. And Rob was talking about how he pitched an idea. Uh, Glenn and Charlie were like, I think they were recording movies or they were doing, t- they were doing other things. They were just out of town for the time. Yeah. And Rob is pitching show ideas and everyone's laughing and they... He talked about how Megan didn't laugh. And so he said, like, oh, you didn't find it funny? And she's like, well, I mean, uh, now you see what it's like when you have a group of writers who you're paying. And and so there's things like that that go on and humbles them. But they said when they're when they're together, they humble each other. Where yeah. it's like it's just like no, no, no. Like, well, it would be better like this, or it would be like it would be better like this. And and they're past the point where they get offended when yeah. it's like that. Because you're all working at the same greater good. Right. If you're all working toward the same thing, you know. Yep. And I would argue, you know, if you want to like the cast of that show, sit down for two hours and watch all their bloopers. A lot of the bits they cut are funnier than what makes the show just because they can't run it because they're all dying laughing. The amount of time, and that's how you can tell the mutual respect for each other. Because here's the thing. I've done a few improv troops. They suck, and I'm going to tell you why they suck and why I don't do them anymore. Every comedian in an improv group wants to be the Jim Carrey. They all want a fucking star. So instead of letting you, if you have a funny moment with the crowd, what a shitty improv guy is going to do is try to come in and take the joke over. They're going to try to come in and jump on it. And they're going to push you out of the joke. And they're going to be getting cheered for. Whereas for them, it's more organic. It's 100%. They just say shit. And then you can tell if they're going to keep something by how hard they laugh at it. Do you know what my favorite outtake? That's hard. Let me think for a second. No, of something they kept in. Yes, I bet you I do. Because you asked me, and then you were going to fucking answer. What is that? Why did you do that? Rhetorical. That was terrible. No, I should have said rhetorical. Yeah, well, you didn't, so I'm going to answer you. I think the best blooper of that show, because it ended up on the show, is the private door that Charlie thinks there's a pirate in because he can't read. (laughs) Because you can tell Charlie made that up on the spot. He's like, you see that door over there? Oh, it says pirate. It says pirate. He's like, and the way they always straight man correct charlie yeah charlie it says private but like i'm sorry for me that's one of them because it's such a simple stupid ass joke but it hits so hard like my ideal thing this is the honest to goodness truth that i would hope they would do is they cut off soon because they're great not an insult because they're great and then do and they go out with like a full hard r movie have you seen uh season 15 is it the newest yeah no it's pretty it's 
It's pretty good. They oh. go to Ireland. Oh yeah. Oh, they, just, oh. Yeah. Every season. Well, no, you don't. Have to, every season's great. Like yeah. that's the thing is, it's TV that shouldn't necessarily still exist, but gets to. You know, it's that South Park edginess, but it's also that like well written and well performed. And like, I'm sorry, but Charlie Day's in everything now. Yes, he's he in be. every movie. He you know, my problem with it is, I can't, I can't unsee Charlie. I can't. I've told people this when he's playing like he was in this movie like Hotel Artemis where he was like a hitman. Yeah, I'm super sorry, dude. I think you're awesome and I think you're hilarious. But you like holding a gun and mugging tough did not work for me. Whereas uh, him in School Fight was perfect casting. That was perfect. That was a remake of Three O'Clock High. No one knows that. That movie. Such a good movie. Three O'Clock High. Dude, I got picked on when I was young. Three O'Clock High was that fucking movie. Yep. And it was a remake with Ice Cube perfectly cast as well. Yep. But that's what I'm saying. If you get them in the right things, it's funny when I see them and shit, I like it's always sunny so much that I react like I'm seeing someone I know. I'm like, yo, that's Charlie. That's Charlie. They're like, relax, dude. We know who it is. And honestly, one of my favorite things about It's Always Sunny is you can jump in anywhere. Oh, you don't, you don't have to watch it, no. it sequentially. You should because there are callbacks, but yeah. you can jump in tomorrow. You can just jump in anywhere. And there are the references to that show I think about all the time, like a stupid throwaway line, okay? That hamburger store line. Yeah. Remember? Charlie's like, did you get it? And, it, and for some reason, Mac just, and this wasn't in the script. He's like, if you wanted pickles at the hamburger store, but he keeps calling it a hamburger store. That's not a thing. <laughs> but it's, So I think about the hamburger store all the time in my head. You know what I mean? Because it's such an inane, like, Mac just thought of something funny and went with it and it worked. How about the fact that we went through like two, two seasons where Mac was fat? That he genuinely, <laughs> no, do you know the real story? They were all supposed to get fat. <laughs> you didn't know yeah the real story is they all agreed before they went on break for the season where matt came back fat that the punchline for the next season was that they were gonna all be fat none of them thought anyone would do it mac did it literally mac you, but mac. by the way it's really easy to convert muscle to fat and fat back to muscle yeah i shouldn't say easy that's a fucking lie it's a lot easier than it is to just get fat well if that's the case then i'm just lazy as fuck so. <laughs> oh i got i got a rip body <laughs> under here bro but um, but yeah, no, that was remarkable. Like that's that's dedicated. I'm sorry, but like that's dedication to your craft. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. He was fat, and the punchline, and that whole those two seasons was him always eating a hoagie, and always fucking eating. And it's like me as a bigger guy, I was like, bro, don't come over to this side. It's not good. Then, You'll never. But then of course he got even better shape. And then I I know it doesn't culminate with uh, the high school reunion episode, but then when they when they're envisioning how they're performing on the stage, how they actually are, he's like there with his shirt open, (laughs) just uh, slovenly. Yeah, but I mean that's 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 selling the bit, dude. When you think they can't do anything more deplorable after season five, I'm like they're done. They 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 find a way, like their cousin. Who they call the slug. And they just, Charlie just throws salt at her to make her go away. <laughs> like, that's the thing is there. It's so like, yeah, it's just, it's the worst aspects. It's the worst aspects of life. But guess what? We can't laugh at this stuff. It's yes. real. Yep. And, and they're satire. It's no different than like the naked gun being over the top, you know? Yeah. They admit that. But yeah, there's a reason it's one of the longest running sitcoms, non-animated sitcoms in, in the world. And it's just, they haven't had that boring season yet. No. Where you're like, they need to stop. You know what they've I mean? Had, they've had moments. Mm. They've had moments where they just the momentum kind of dips a little dips, bit, and yeah. then they just get it right back. Yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, my thing to say about that is: imagine writing a show for thirteen years, fourteen, fifteen years. How hard that would be. Yes, to still come up with new ideas. Like, of course, The Simpsons can. They're animated. They're not limited to regular budgets and regular yep. things. But yeah, I, and I'm going to be honest too. Comedy's changed. I don't laugh at a lot anymore. 
I don't either. There's not a lot of with. funny shit out movies. I, I can't remember the last comedy movie I saw. I can't remember the last thing that really like made me laugh. But it's always sunny. Still hasn't, man. Yep. And then for me, it's because things that make me laugh is when uh, comedy is subtle, and then the characters can build upon it and just make it even funnier. And I'll go back to the nightman cometh. So when they're practicing, yeah, when they're doing the rehearsals, and Mac and Dennis are talking to Charlie and they're like, all right, now we, we want to go over this and we just want to, we just, we want to alter it this way because we really want to handle the rape scene sensitively. <laughs> and Charlie's like, what, what do you mean a rape scene? You know, Cause he didn't he see, doesn't see yeah, it doesn't as see what it, it is. He doesn't see it like that. Yeah. And they're, and they're just like, he clearly gets in bed and he rapes. <laughs> and he's Charlie's just him. like, that is not the yeah. story I'm telling, but it is cause his uncle, yeah. you know, and I'm sorry to say this, like pedophilia is one of my biggest triggers. And it just, I'm, I'm laughing because the uncle, the guy who plays the uncle, who's also the lawyer, is, bro, I get, like, I get upset at how fucking funny he is. Yeah. Like, cause part of me in my brain is like, no. Yo, he's evil. He's despicable. Bro, and he's yeah. like, always, oh, like, like me and Charlie can have a sleepover and do the things we used to do. And it's so, it makes your skin crumble. But listen, don't get offended, because Charlie advocates for himself in those yeah. scenes. Mm-hmm. People who are victims don't. Charlie was truly a victim and the show wanted to be depraved. They would have it happen again or something. No, every time he's like, I need you to stay away from me. And like, so it's, it's dealt with, believe it or not, fairly sensitively, you know? And also, what is it and what is out? What lets out a pain and shout? It's the nightmare. But imagine, sorry, Bob's having a moment. Uh, But imagine being like choosing to be that actor. And let me explain the actor who plays that character. You're going to be out in public and people's brains don't always understand to separate it. I think what you're saying is if people were to see Charlie Day out in public, they're seeing Charlie Kelly, an illiterate, simple man who huffs paint. Well, no, even, I'm talking like, about the uncle, though. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, the uncle, too. But I, I, yeah, I just totally went like Charlie there. Or people see, people see, and you take a, take a character. Take Dennis. People. Well, no, I don't. Like that. Uh, let me but bring let, it back. But let's go back to Jack <laughs> Kelly. Like, but like the main thing I'm saying is like, yeah, you're always going to see it. But like, yeah, you can be seen as that. But imagine having the balls to play a fucking pedophile. Yep. My point is someone's going to be on a bus one day and look back and see him. And they're going to be like, oh, that's that pedophile. Because your brain doesn't like. Yep. I always think oh, actors shit, who take Jack Kelly, the pedophile attorney. Yeah, let's beat the shit out of him, yeah. you know. And I always think actors who do that as much as he knows he's playing a funny character. It's just. It's oh, a man. risk. Yeah, it is. It's a cal- it's it's some some of them are calculated risks and some of them are risk risks. That one waiter who just keeps showing up, they keep ruining his life. Yeah. Uh see, it, it's hard because for me it's now I just want to go home and binge. I want to binge season 15 tonight. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. I won't ruin it for you. No, don't. Please, please do. Please do. Uh please do go see that. Oh, but, and they turned black. Can we just talk about that? Oh yeah, that? that was season 14? 14, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. That was the first episode of season 14, right? Bro, like the, they like what? How? And they basically think that they just are there to recreate the They're, Wiz. The Wiz, dude. <laughs> Which is a movie my my parents raised me on. So like to see those bits, that and I'm sorry, man. Watch the episode. People will get mad at the start, excuse me, without realizing where it ends. Yeah. You're right. It has, a, it has another powerful message you have to get to it. Because I remember when I first saw that episode and saw them walking down the street. What does it mean? What does it mean? I remember being like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't. <laughs> like me, someone who's pretty shocking, man. Someone who's lost about 800 writing jobs because I write fairly shocking shit is shocked. That's stuff they get away with. But then yeah. the way they circle it back. 
over the course of the whole uh, series, that's something they've really perfected. They still do the deplorable, but then they can bring it back around yeah, to a great message. And, and here's the thing, that the way they get away with it. Every time something's really messed up, at least one of the characters is the moral voice for yep. that. Mm-hmm. They're like, whoa, we just went way too far. Yeah. You know? But yeah, you just, I'm sorry, but but comedy television is pretty much dead. It is. You can say what you yeah, want, but it's it just, uh, you have shows that make you laugh. I don't. I don't have comedy shows I watch because it's just, there's not a, like, world for that anymore. You're right. But it's always sunny. Every time a season drops, I'm like, all right, you guys know it. You won't find me for the next few days while I can catch <laughs> up, you know? And I have to say, I seriously commend artists and writers and comedians who still have the balls to joke about shit that makes people uncomfortable. Yes. We need to be able to laugh at things so that they don't completely have power over us. Yep. And, and so on that note, thank you, Dave Chappelle. Oh, for for just not backing down. Taking taking a take, having a take, taking a stance and not backing down. Yeah, it was one I mean, a lot of people don't realize like how brave and powerful that moment was. And he knew he's like, yo, I gotta leave he knows. this country. I gotta yeah. leave the country because they're gonna bastardize that me. That too, that too. But even him now. Oh yeah, like, he's, he's making the jokes he wants to make. Yeah. You don't give a fuck. Listen, man. Great. I'm fat and weird and got diddled as a kid joke about what you want with me don't disrespect me mm-hmm. like yep. comedians aren't disrespecting you they're joking about something that's taboo and weird because by laughing at shit again it can't control us it can't put dominion it in normalizes over us. it in a safe way and it gets it a part of the conversations and it minimizes its power yes that's and, key and what it does everybody is it when i say it gets it a part of the conversation it makes it a, it's mm-hmm. a safe it's a safe avenue it plants the seed to talk about things, and now we just have people in their feelings who don't want. Yeah, and if they don't agree with something, it's cancellation immediately. Yep. And I just have to say, the fact that that show still exists is fantastic. It's phenomenal. It shouldn't, yep. but those guys are brave. They're edgy, but underneath everything they do, there's heart. There is. Yep. Frank loves Charlie. Oh yeah. They have a weird relationship, yep. but they love each other. Yep. You know what is it called? What's that thing with the play? Earthworms or something? Yeah. Bedworms. There's all these elements here. Like, this might not be okay, but it's innocent. Yep. They're just like two special needs kids who became best friends. Yep. You mm-hmm. know, Dennis is scary, but they don't hide that. They don't say, hey, Dennis is good. I'm pretty sure that show's gonna end with Dennis just fully like getting arrested and having proving that he was like the something strangler. You know what I mean? But remember, at the heart of it too, and, and I think there's gonna be I, I wanna see D's redemption. Yeah, yeah. Because she deserves one. Yeah. She's the bird lady, and she's just constantly. So I feel like if it ends, pro- but don't forget, Dee's had like cat suitors who were nice. She wants nothing to do with nice. I know the military guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Super- or or cricket. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he initially cricket. was she, like yeah, he left. He left brother. the congregation because so he, got, he got the vibe that she wanted to be with him. And then her response is, "Oh, you uh, see, that's because I thought you were unavailable, and now that you are, I don't want you." But I'm sorry, that's an honest dynamic. I'm dating yeah. right now, man. Yeah. How I would get more laid right now than I am as a single person is have a girlfriend. That's yeah. just it. So if there's any anything we can leave this episode with, and I know halfway through, I think I mean you you would mention like we're kind of coming across as fanboys. What I think we did is we turned it around in a sense of we just encapsulated all the themes and all the areas they talk about that are real. Yeah. They're real themes that all of us deal with yeah. in some aspect or another. And I think that there's a large sector of uh, our greater society that just uh, when they see that, they get cognitive dissonance. They, yeah. they don't know what to do with that. So Can't they go, process it. They go on the attack. Why are you ruining my fan? I'm, I'm tired of that. And I know we said we weren't going to go political, but that's... No, fine. we're but allowed to have, have opinions, know. though. Yeah, no. And it, it's... You know, and the other thing I have to think is, like, imagine 
maybe some closeted tough guy kind of related to the Matt character. And then by season 13, he felt the comfort to talk to his friends or his family. Like, like we're not undermining that. I think that happens in the wake of things like that. And I think the black crossover episode would be a great conversation piece to get people in a room of all races to talk and talk about afterward. Like, how did you feel about that? Did you think that was tacky? Did you think that was, you know, like I, but I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, I do too. Let's talk about this shit. Yeah. And then you know what? It's done in the form of comedy. And I love comedy. Yeah. Yep. And And it's great. That's like, that was Jerry Lewis's thing a lot. You know, the weird kind of darker stuff that you leave but like comedy is meant to put something under a microscope and make it. So at least you can talk about it. Yeah. And so, you know what? We're going to jump off with that and leave it up to you guys. And if you guys have any, any kind of feedback or anything, as always, you can reach out to us on the website or get us our contact information and reach out to us individually. Yeah. Hit me up on socials, man. Yep. But until, until the next time, everybody, thank you for stopping by and we hope you stop by for the next one. It's always sunny on Zillennial.